Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hello and welcome to the Video Game Lounge Podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew, here with John and Kevin, all trying to relive our amazing and sometimes dramatic childhood by talking about video games and just trying to have a good time with fun and beer, where we're not here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. John, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here. Uh, for all three of us, it has been, God, a little over a month since we've all recorded. Uh, I know you guys did a an episode that may or may not be releasing soon without me. Um, but I'm just excited. Just a little to, filler. Just a little filler. I had a had a pretty long day with the baby when we were trying to last record a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I think I've slept about seven seconds since then. Um, but you know, it's all good. It is, uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you gentlemen, spending my afternoon drinking some beer, talking video games. So, Kevy, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Uh, just got off work and, uh, it has been a very long time since we recorded together. So it's always fun and exciting. Uh, I think that's what got me through the work day was looking forward to coming here, drinking a little bit, relaxing and talking about pretty much anything that comes to our mind most of the time it's video games i would say like 80 percent, and then sometimes it just goes on to movies or uh pretty much anything that we can think of because i'm pretty sure we've talked about a very strange realm of things on this this podcast oh, yes. and it some of them don't even connect like well i'll uh, like me and john will edit the episode and sometimes listening to it, i don't know how you jump but sometimes when i listen to them I'm listening to the entire episode on repeat, and then I'll be like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, the episode eight, the last episode that you guys should have listened to before listening to this one, um, we talked about the hometown that all of us were born and <laughs> oh, raised yeah. in, and the Civic Center for like 20 minutes, and it was like, God bless, man. We can just go on tangents. But I mean, that's also just our friendship and camaraderie and all of that stuff coming through, so... Hope you guys don't mind our tangents. I do put it in the show description. So wherever you listen to our podcast, it does say and tangents. So these elder millennials know how to bring in the yeah. tangents. <laughs> um, as uh, what's the oh, Maui from uh, Moana would say, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is good to be back with you, gentlemen. And uh, for anybody out there that's listening, make sure you also check our Twitter at VGL underscore underscore podcast and check us out on the creativebraincandy.com website where you'll find not only us, but other amazing podcasts like Simply Stogies, where James talks about uh, podcast information for the cigar enthusiast and the veteran cigar aficionado. Um, James is on a journey to go through the world of cigars as he covers a variety of topics that are important to said cigar smokers. Um, there'll be reviews, news and reviews with those in the industry discussions about premium cigars that are all on the docket. 
So sit back, relax, light up a stogie, and enjoy the show. So if you like putting long, hard things in your mouth, listen to that podcast. <laughs> at me later. <laughs> <laughs> not, please not at the VGL one. Yeah. <laughs> John has his own personal one he's going to set up right after this episode. Hey, I was told you didn't want the OnlyFans for a VGL setup. <laughs> I don't. It's because it's going to take away from his revenue. Too late. All right. Well, let's start it off today with... Uh, John, what what you drinking? All right, so excited to talk about this. Uh, Andrew, you had mentioned previously about the Jack Daniels Blackjack Cola. So I found something similar to that. Uh, I am drinking the Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey which is the whiskey, honey, and lemonade. And lemonade is kind of misleading because it's more like a tea. Um, Oh, it's good. I've had that. It's very good. Uh, It's it's very dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, It is a 7%. It's actually pretty potent. Um, But it's it's sweet. It's very good. Uh, I found it in a can. Um, So I'm drinking it right now. Um, My brother-in-law, Matt, was here visiting from Argentina. And him and I were drinking this along with the Blackjack Cola that we also found in cans. Um, it was very good stuff. Uh, I like it. It's, it's nice. It's smooth. Uh, goes with anything, pretty much. So, very good stuff. Um, Kevy, what you drinking, my friend? Uh, I am also drinking some Jack Daniels, but uh, nice. it's, not out, it's not out of can. Not planned, by the way. That was <laughs> not planned for both of us. <laughs> no, we just, we just love, you know, whiskey. Uh, I've actually made a, an old-fashioned. Uh, it's one of my favorite drinks. Uh, unfortunately, going to certain bars around here, they they throw in... Um, Pepsi. No, not Pepsi. <laughs> God, I'd be really angry if they threw in some Pepsi because it doesn't require like any kind of cola. Uh, no, they throw in uh, like cinnamon, and it way overpowers the drink, and it's just yeah. it turns out not good. So I, I tend not to order it out when I go to the bar, but... I do make it at home. Uh, it's just some some simple syrup, uh, a little bit of water, some bitters, put an ice cube, mix it up, and then a little, little bourbon or whiskey in there. And then you can garnish it usually with like an orange or a, a maraschino cherry on top. It's a very, obviously from the name, it's a very old, old mixed drink, but it's it's very good. So that's, that's what I'm sipping on tonight. I highly recommend if you're a whiskey drinker, you if you haven't tried it out, you try it. Just don't order it out because A, they might not make it right, and B, uh, your friends will make fun of you for being old. I was about to say, for the youngest of this group, you are the old soul. <laughs> Dude, I, I love me some, like, I like the one thing I will order when I go to the bars is, like, 7 and 7s. Uh, do you love me some 7 and 7s? Uh, do old fashions? Uh, there's one other drink I, I ordered, but I can't recall what it is. Maybe I'll, I'll think about it while you're discussing what you are drinking this Decent week. Decent on the rocks, I'm sure. No, not cool enough for that. I, this time I'm actually drinking a, uh, a 6% sour from a brewery that last time I was visiting, I sat and ate with, uh, Kevin. Me and my wife sat and ate with Kevin at this brewery, and... We ended up trying this sour that has mango and passion fruit flavors. It is called the Mango Fet. 
And yes, it does have the Mandalorian look on the logo of the bottle or the can. And it is amazing. I love it. It's good. What are the fl- so it's mango and what else? Passion fruit. Nice. As a six percent sour. Oh, speaking of sour, it was a whiskey sour. That's what it was. Ah. Yeah, that's another one Ooh, I go to. Nice. Yeah. As a good one. That's pretty good. So I, I also want to shout out too. Uh, while my brother-in-law was here, him and I got to actually take a tour of the Guinness Brewery in Baltimore, and the tour lasted about an hour. And then we paid like another eight bucks to go to a beer tasting. Dude, Guinness has some good shit coming out. Like secret stuff that you had to sign a... No, yeah, yes, I had to sign an NDA for beer. (laughs) No, um, true story though, like while we were on the tour and we were actually in the room where they have all the casks and shit, they had a schedule of what's coming out and when, and one of the ladies that was in our group was about to take a picture and the dude like jumped in front was like, no, 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 you can't do this. Like, this is, this is private. Like you can take a picture of anything else but this schedule. And then she was like, okay. No, but uh, yeah, Guinness has some good stuff coming out, man. Um, if you haven't tried it, the Baltimore Blonde's actually pretty good. If you like the IPAs, they had one that's kind of like Killian's Irish Red um, that, that they're working on. It's pretty good. They have a key lime, like kind of margarita beer that was pretty nice. They have a gingerbread stout that was um, pretty good, too. So anyway, just wanted to shout that out. Right to right to Well, uh, let's transition to, into the next uh, topic segment of... What are you playing? You just got pwned, 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 pwned. You just got pwned. Kev, Kev, have you been playing anything different or new, or are you still on your Final Fantasy journey? Still on the journey. Uh, beat Final Fantasy X. Yay. Yeah, finally. I had to make an executive decision because time is is dwindling on beating the uh, the main series. Uh, I got to the point where like the game finally opens up and you can start doing side quests. And I was like, man, I really want to do some of these side quests, but I can literally just go and beat the game in two hours. So I got to that point on my first day off work. So I spent, you know, a day playing that. Then the next day I did like housework and stuff like that. And then the third day off, I was like, all right, I got I to gotta beat this game so I can start working on Final Fantasy X-2. So, finally got uh, X beat, started X-2. I haven't played too much of X-2. Like I said, I started my work week. Uh, I, I don't think I've been playing anything else. I'm trying to think if anything came on a Game Pass. There's a few games on Game Pass I want to try out, definitely. Like, Psychonauts 2 is on there. I love the original one. Um talked about 12 minutes on the last episode that me and Andrew did by ourselves. That's really good. I have not played it anymore since then, but I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, with October right around the corner, I'm getting in the mood for some scary stuff, so I'm trying to find some some scary games to play. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to go old school with it or nude school. Uh, I still need to beat a lot of the Resident Evils, so I might uh, reinstall 7 and play through that. But other than that, it's just been Final Fantasy all day, every day. I'm 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 hoping ten two doesn't take too long. I think it only averages around like thirty, thirty five hours, and then I can go on to the behemoth that is twelve, and that'll probably encompass a month and a half to two months of my time. 
is long, man. So can I ask, are you starting to feel like a burnout at all? Or you're like goals in sight, you're running the marathon and you have the last quarter mile and you're like, I can see it. <laughs> no, it's surprisingly, <laughs> I think it's because the games switch it up so much, like especially starting with, I would say 10 where it stops being so much turn-based because one through six, well, I'm sorry, one through three, you like select your party and then you attack, like you do the entire party. And then four, five, and six were like, okay, you have the ATV bar and that continued on with seven, eight, and nine. And then 10, you had that little menu where it showed you whose turn it was. So that was pretty cool. And then 10, two mixes it up even more by, they, they, they still do the ATB bar, but depending on what class you have and what you've done, what action you carried out before that, your ATB bar might go slower, and that then you can uh, yeah. chain up your attacks to do more damage. So that's really cool. And then 12 starts with the, the roaming aspect Yeah. Uh, that like 13 carried out. So I think that's helped with the burnout, and uh, also without the games having like the same exact storyline. Varying it up a little bit. You got different scenarios. Uh, some are more modern via Final Fantasy 7 and 8. You go yeah. back to fantasy with 9. 10's fantasy futuristic kind of thing. So it's it's been helpful. Not and I haven't felt, man, this is... I haven't I haven't sat down and be like, I don't want to play this. I, it's always been like, man, I want to continue this grind and move on. Good. That's good. Because, yeah. I mean, whenever you told me that, you know, that was going to be your year goal was to go through the Final Fantasies numerically, I was hoping you weren't going to get burned out. Because I know me, I'll play it for two weeks, I'll play it for two months, and it'll be fun when I play it, but then my ADD gets better of me and I'm done playing it for now. Yeah. Can we have another uh, topic we add to the show of which drinking, which plan, and Andrew, did you beat Final Fantasy 1 yet? Oh, got him. Yeah, we'll, we'll add that with, like, you know, good parent, bad parent, and all the other stuff. Like. <laughs> the, the one-offs. <laughs> yeah, all the one-offs. Sounds like a no to me. It's not going to be a one-off if I just don't beat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll just, then I'll just, like, use the ADD as a crutch. Be like, well, I got ADD, man. I I'm not going to finish it. We got to keep this bit going. <laughs> But then he'll get tired of the same old bits, and so then he has to beat it. Yeah. And then he moves on to Final Fantasy 2. My ADD will get tired of the same bits, so i got to think of something different. <laughs> yeah, be episode 36. Andrew, have you beat uh, Final Fantasy 1? No, I'm still in that last dungeon, bro. <laughs> but I did start up four more games, and yeah. I'm at the last dungeon for them, too. <laughs> no, I've put another 200 hours into Warzone 2. Oh, speaking of that, Andrew, are you excited for... Uh... Vanguard? No. I'll be honest. That game came out of nowhere for me, <laughs> and it like for being a Call of Duty, being surprised at finding out that game was coming out. That trailer is, didn't look too good. Is is weird to me, but I, no, I'm I'm thinking about picking up Battlefield, man. That, Battlefield uh, was it 2042? I think the the last Battlefield I played, I think I played Hardline because I thought that was four because you were playing four, and I wanted to play it with you, so I got Hardline. And then I realized I did not get the right game. And then I got five. And five was fun. But uh yeah, I I'm 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 a little hyped to try to for some battlefield. And I'm really hyped for uh Halo Infinite. 
Yeah, I was reading the Halo Infinite doesn't even have, in the very beginning, it doesn't have single player, well, I guess not single player, but the main story co-op. Campaign. And something else I didn't care about, Forge. I don't, I don't think I have Forge, which I don't really care too much about, but. I mean, that came around in what, uh, Halo 2, Halo 3. 3. 3. And, I mean, that was more for, like, when, uh, like, Minecraft became a thing, and mm-hmm. everyone wants to build and create their own maps, and, you know, some of them were fun. I mean, that's basically when we got Griffball. Yeah. But, it's, it's not my thing. I am not creative. So that thing is not for me. Same. That's why it took me forever to play Minecraft, because I was like, I didn't know there was a storyline. I, I thought it was literally you just That's what I thought, Build too. stuff. So, Andrew, what have you been playing? Genshin Impact. <laughs> yeah, work, Just work doing has my been a little Work has been a little uh, busy lately, so I haven't had a lot of time. And I haven't really been feeling all that enthusiastic to do other stuff. So, like Warzone? every now and again, well, Warzone, tidy up around the house, yeah, stuff. Like, I... Like just stuff. I, I, it's it's been it's been a mentally depressing, draining month. So I'm coming 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 back and feeling a little better. But I've been mostly playing Genshin Impact, doing a little more than the dailies. They've had more updates that have come out, more stories, uh, more characters, and so it's it's they're making sure to keep it fresh. There's now a fishing aspect. So now you can go through and do fishing, and that brings me back to like uh, Ocarina of Time uh, fishing aspects too. And uh, you can craft your own bait. You can go around to different areas to find different fish at different times of the day, and it's uh, it's interesting. It's fun. So I've been mostly just doing Genshin Impact. That leads me into uh, the question that I have for you. I told you before we recorded that I had a question for you and for Kevin. So, Mr. Andrew, now that we have a hard date set for the release of Horizon Forbidden West, which is going to be February 18th of next year, does because you had mentioned previously that you didn't want to finish Final Fantasy VII Remake because once you finished it, then you'd have to wait X amount of months, years, decades for part two of that. To come out. So, knowing that there is a hard set release date for the Horizon sequel, does that make you kind of want to jump back in and go, man, I can finish this game and a couple months from now I can get the sequel? Yes and no. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Yes, because it's actually like it would be fun to be able to do that without missing a step. Um, because I hate whenever I want to start up a, a new game or a sequel game or whatnot, and I can't remember enough of the previous story to be invested or need all the recaps of the sequel. Sure. However, just like with Final Fantasy and other such things, if I experience too much of the same thing or have that overload or lose that interest, I don't want to be so invested and go through the first one and then be ready for the second one, and then I go like a week or two into the second one, and then I just you get burnt out. out. Yeah. yeah, you get burnt out. I got you. I, uh, that's that's fair. That's very fair. Um, Kevin, the question I had for you is something totally different. 
because myself and all of the listeners are dying to know now that our favorite characters episodes are out. Did you ever hear from Mr. Sean about that goddamn L piece? <laughs> no, I did. I didn't. Uh, I texted his wife. Texted me today. They got a new dog. So uh, I forgot what they named it. it. Was Chloe Deschanel? I think is what the dog's name was called. Chloe Deschanel. Yeah, I love it. It's it's an adorable dog. They just got it from the pound, so that was cool. Uh, but I have not heard from Sean. Uh, last time I talked to him, he was a few episodes behind. So we gotta give it a little bit of time. He's he's a very busy man. I know he. Uh, has to work a lot on the house and stuff like that. And he still has work and the work's been crazy because of, uh, things going on, uh, with the school. But sure. Uh, as soon as he listens to it, I know he's going to text me. Like I, I'm surprised Mel hasn't listened to this cause she listens to every episode. I'm surprised she hasn't been like, Sean, what's going on with you that LP? To- what's going on? What's going on with that LP, Sean? <laughs> and he like has flashbacks like Vietnam. Um, <laughs> so, Getting getting into what I've been playing, it hasn't been much with the baby, but I will say having my brother-in-law here was actually pretty cool because he is he's a very casual gamer. He doesn't game a whole lot, but when he was here, uh, visited us at our old house about four years ago, um, I got him into, you guys already know what I'm going to say. I got, him in, I got him into Uncharted and he actually went and bought the Nathan... Drake collection. Did you forget Nathan Drake's name? No, I was I was trying to remember <laughs> if no, I was trying to remember if the collection had come when it came out. I'm oh, trying to okay. remember how old it was. But I know that you think you'd remember the name of the of the man that beat you senseless. It was PS3, wasn't it, that it came out on late in the PS3 cycle? No, not the collection. I think the collection oh. was for PS4 for all three. But anyway, I I digress. I got him into Uncharted, so he had not played Uncharted 4 or The Lost Legacy. Um, we didn't have time to get to Lost Legacy while he was here, but I actually got to sit with him and and watch him go through Uncharted 4 and just being able to experience someone's first playthrough of that game. Like I, I got to be there for about 80% of it. He played some of it while I was at work, but most of it I, I got to be there and kind of be the little angel on his shoulder, kind of helping him through stuff. So that was pretty cool. That game is amazing. I can't wait for you guys to to delve more into that series. Um other than that, I've been playing what is, I guess, my Genshin Impact, which is MLB The Show, because <laughs> it's just a game that I can like turn on mindlessly and just go into Road to the Show and use one of my pitchers or uh, just my batters um, and just, you know, kind of sim a career. But I have hopped back into Ghost of Tsushima. So kind of my plan over the next couple of months is I need to finish Ghost of Tsushima. After that, I need to finish Outriders because I did go and buy that game, so I need to finish it so that it's not in my backlog anymore. (laughs) After that, I need to get into Horizon and play that before uh, Forbidden West comes back out. Or not come back out, but comes out. You know what I mean. Um, So that's kind of my game plan over the next couple of months because it will take me a couple of months. Um, that's what I've been playing. Also, Magic the Gathering Arena, um, back up to platinum status again for this season. So nice. Just gonna sit on that until the season ends. Does that mean you stop playing? <laughs> yes. No, like I, I've stopped playing ranked. But dude, I'm telling you, my, my mono blue mill deck is is pretty nice. I've I've finally saved up some wild cards, got some planeswalkers in there, got some pretty nice spells. 
I had, uh, let's see, the day of the, we're recording this is actually September 11th, so about a week ago I was playing it, um, and I had back-to-back games where I had a turn six win, because the spells that I had played, uh, I have one card in there um, that you mill, uh, opponent mills cards uh, up to 20 uh, mana count, so if a lot of lands are in there, they don't count as mana. So, and if you're playing a deck that has like two and three mana spells, that, that's going to add up. But I had three of those in my starting hand, and that's a two mana spell or a three mana spell. And I was just chucking them, dude. It was fun. Um, so, yeah, I had back to back turn six wins with that deck. So it was pretty fun. Nice. Um, so, yes, there's your, your episode daily do- or weekly, do- bi weekly dose, actually, of Magic the Gathering. Um, so that's what I've been playing. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but I mean, Sony had just released a lot of their trailers and whatnot. And dude, that showcase was amazing. I am super stoked for so much like coming up this year, this, yes. this fall season, this winter season. The Spider Man trailer, the Wolverine trailer, that, and me and Kevin have both been looking at trying to get a pre order. Uh, well, I have because you already have uh, Xbox Series X. I've been looking to get the the Halo Infinite version of the Series X. Has a nice looking oh, Xbox. It looks so nice. It's got like on top of the vent, it has uh, stars, which is really cool. Like I think it's like a purple shading. Yeah, dude, Sony killed it with that showcase. I mean, I know we're the podcast, not here for notes and news, but to talk games, drink brews. But man, that that showcase was amazing. <laughs> they they showed some really good stuff. They went really heavy on Marvel. It was crazy. Yes, they did. Yeah. But then again, I mean, that's been the biggest ticket that's grown lately. Yeah, but like uh, Marvel games, mostly Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man is probably the best superhero video game franchise. And I'm talking like all the way back to the original because of the open world aspect. It's it's amazing. Sure. You just get to swing around. Where other games didn't do it so well, um, Wolverine. I'm, I'm like, hey, the trailer looked cool. Hey, don't get me wrong. And I'm like, I'm hyped it's for a te- more. It, yeah, it's a teaser. You, you, I would like to see more. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm hyped for you know more Logan stuff. But it's just like, what more can they do with uh, Wolverine than just like a beat 'em up? And then yeah, then you have the the Lego uh, Marvel series, which is really fun. Like all the Lego games are, are uh, really fun. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy game, I feel like that could probably be like a $20 game I might buy, but other than that, I'm not... Yeah, that was probably, for me, that was the one where I was kind of like, eh, maybe, like a year from now, or like whenever it releases a year from that, it'll be on PlayStation Plus, and I'll just download it for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man, I, I, made, I might not have paid 60 bucks for this, but I, I'd, have, I'd have bought it retail. Yeah. And I'm really hoping the Spider-Man, from the, the trailer, it looks like they could probably throw in some co-op for Spider-Man. That would be really cool. Yeah, they, they, they already came out and said it's single player, but I mean... Maybe they'll do like a GTA Five thing where you can just like switch. Open world? Yeah, well, it's open world, but you can just swap between characters. Like you'll... He's off doing his own thing, and Spider-Man's doing his own thing, so... You could be swinging with Spider-Man, then you can swap to the other Spider-Man, and 
know, or, or maybe it's like fight. if if you're being Spider-Man, I can be Miles Morales, but join you from my game and play within your version of the city the or world. something like that. Yeah. 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 Go help That'd you with a co-op quest or something. Yeah, that, that would be kind of cool. Depending I mean, on if they want to try to utilize that or if they can. Yeah. I'm sure they can. It's more if they want to or if they want to try to find that open world capabilities and basically mimic what GTA 5 has done. But they've been successful and have had it out for three generations of consoles. So I know. Let's get into the meat of it, shall we? Today's episode is actually gaming superstitions and habits, whether they're good or bad. And I'm sure we all have our own niches, our own things that we just, you know, do either subconsciously or like we're very aware of as a tradition. Um, it's like having a rally cap during a football or, or during a baseball game or like, you know, tossing the terrible towel around uh, being a Steelers fan or whatnot. Like it, there, there's, there's something that you just, you do as part of a tradition. And there's some things that you do because maybe, maybe if I do this, it'll work this time. Because if I didn't do it last time, that's why it didn't work. That's why it's got to work this time. Sure. There's logic in there. There is. So, I mean, the, the I'll start it off. And the one I do for every game, it doesn't matter what game, I try to pet every dog or cat that I see, even if I can't. I will try to walk up to an animal and just hope that I have that indication button of pet. Because who doesn't want to interact with the puppies? Do I have a Twitter handle for you? It is called Can You Pet the Dog? And it's literally a Twitter that will tell you if there's a dog in the game, if you can pet it or not. It's, it's the craziest. Crap. It's it's That's all they do. It's just... I think it's called Can You Pet the Dog? And sometimes they'll mix it up and it's like, yeah, you can pet you know the cat. But a lot of times... And there's been points where it got so many likes and retweets and stuff, the developer went back and coded it in so you could pet the dog. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I mean, I, I don't think you're the only one there, man. I don't I don't try to pet the dog, I guess, because I got my own dogs, and they're usually stepping on me while I'm playing it, so I'll, I'll pet slash push them out of the way so I can see my TV. <laughs> it, is, it is fun going around and petting some animals. You know, like I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, and you can go around and find all the foxes. And you can pet the foxes too. So that's you can pet the fox. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you get to pet the foxes. They're 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 nice foxes. They're not trying to to kill you. They they lead you to things. And isn't they're, there they're nice. Isn't there a trophy that you get for petting all the foxes or something? I don't know if it's all of them. I don't I don't know. He doesn't know because he hasn't gotten it. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I'm also only like seventy percent of the way through the game, so there's still more foxes to find. I'm still on the second island. Uh, more foxes. <laughs> yeah. So what about you guys? You got anything that, you know, immediately comes to mind? Uh, if we're talking about habits, um, I die a lot. <laughs> Those are some uh, bad habits. Yeah. Especially in uh, Call of Duty. Like um, apart from being the dumbest out of the three of us, I'm also the worst gamer. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, I die a lot. 
but a lot of that is just my own bravado and and stupidity like andrew and really and kevin can attest to this too when we have played call of duty together uh i am the guy that will go find the snipers or the guys who are sitting there trying to like bump up their kill score and get their kill streaks i'm like sorry man you are going to have to get your kills by being out in the open (laughs) and and running around you're not just going to you know, spawn camp on one spot. That's not how I play. And I don't care if I get 17 deaths, I will find you eventually. <laughs> so what if you called in your fucking helicopter or whatever? <laughs> I don't care what your kills are. I will get you eventually. That's why my KDR in every Call of Duty game was always like 0.4. <laughs> but that's a victory in and of itself. So yes, if I stop that guy from setting off a nuke, I don't care. I think mine kind of goes along with that. Uh, sort of like whenever. I play online games. I'm always worried about losing because I'm very competitive and I'm always worried about things affecting my kill death and stuff like that. So I'm always apprehensive to do a ranked match for too long because I'm like, man, what happens if I lose? Like nothing. (laughs) I'll learn not to lose. And if I don't, then I double lose. And it's, it's, it's something I'm trying to get over and I've gotten a lot better with it, especially when playing chess. Like, I'm so worried about getting my ELO down. I'm afraid to do another one, but I'm like, how am I going to get better if I don't, you know, keep playing more matches? So I've definitely gotten better at it, but something that I definitely did. I did it with Halo, did it with Call of Duty. Oh, like when we did any of the Halo multiplayers and you have those numbers? Yeah. Remember, uh, it ended up being what, Yumi and Wookiee? We had, uh, we were doing like trios matches mm-hmm. of snipers or something, and you and I were at. It uh, the rank went up to fifty. You and I were at like forty four, and then Wookie was just a little lower. But because we always matched with him, we always got that lower uh, lower ranked opponents. But I'm I'm the same way with the ranked matches because if I I I always what if I lose? You know I I am actually graded on this content this time. Like any of the public matches, it's just for fun. But if I'm in this ranked match, you know. Everything I do can count against me. And then that makes me more aware of it. And John, I guess you, would you consider yourself the same way? Because you were talking about Magic the Gathering and not wanting to go platinum. I know that you would lose your prizes for going down a level, but do you think it's also the fact that you're just afraid to lose your platinum, period? Like, even if it didn't have benefits to it? Yeah, I mean... The platinum level versus the gold, I think you get like one extra card pack or something. So it's another eight cards. It's not that big of a thing, but it's it's more of just like being able to see that I got the fourth out of six levels. You know what I mean? It's kind of a pride thing, I guess. But um, kind of, I guess, similar to that, I do sometimes have an issue playing online, especially on Magic the Gathering Arena, because... Inevitably, and, and I find that it happens most with my mill deck because I have cards that will activate as like a land plays or when I draw cards that will cause my opponent to mill. When too much of that is happening at one time, the noise, I, 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 there's a very st- uh, distinctive noise that starts happening. God, I sound like um, the guy from Leverage. It was a distinct noise. <laughs> um, it, there, there's a certain noise that happens where it's like the audio slows down. And then I start seeing the swirl of death, and I'm like, great, this game's going to freeze on me. And it's really 50-50 whether or not I actually get to finish that hand or I actually get to, you know, I have to restart the damn game. 
So there are times where it's like, I probably shouldn't play the mill deck because it doesn't happen with anything else. When there's too many activative uh, abilities, it will freeze up on me. John's deck is just too powerful. It's too it powerful. It just overloads man. the system. I got a, I got a powerful deck. <laughs> there's the dick joke we all needed. <laughs> hey, so if you didn't know, we're not safe for work. Um, no, but that 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 is perfectly like that'll segue right into one of my next topics because like when you don't know whether or not you know something's going to happen or if while you're playing like everything's going to crash i i save my games way too much like if i if i remember to I'll, it's either all or nothing i'll either play three hours and forget to save or if i save i will save more than once just to be sure you know you save back to back like I know I just saw that save. I know I saw the little logo or the little, like, spinning uh, circle. But did I? Did I, did I really see it? I, I better save a second, third time just, you know, just to make sure. Yeah, I do that as well. And I think it's just because I black out whenever the save screen's up because nothing's happening. You know, this you're just mashing A to get through the screen to save your game. And... I just, I zone out and then I start paying attention again when I hear the music and I go, did I, did I save? Yeah, let me, let me save again. I don't know. For, for me, I, I just never trust autosave. So I'm always, I'm always saving like multiple times. Like if, if I load up my Ghost of Tsushima file, I have three on my current playthrough. And this, it's the first time I'm playing the game, but I'll have one that is my current one, one from about 15 minutes ago because... I was coming up on a Mongol territory and I maybe, you know, I wanted to save it before I attacked in case something went wrong or I wanted to try a different strategy. And then I have one from like an hour before where I did, it was like the end of a story thing. And maybe I wanted to go to a different part of the map or something. So I always have multiple things just because I don't trust autosave. And something we haven't talked about that will be kind of a future topic about difficulty things. Sometimes that autosave it, it can work, but it'll also bite you in the ass because depending on your difficulty, that autosave either kicks in at a different time or it'll say that it autosave, but it may be at 10 minutes before that because it wants you to work your way back up to where you were previously, which is annoying as hell. The Last of Us did that, and I absolutely love that game, but when you play on Grounded, which is the hardest mode, there are spots in that game where it autosaved, and I'm using air quotes, but when you actually resume it, you're actually like five minutes, seven minutes behind, something like that. So, yeah, I, I save often, which ties into Metal Gear Solid. There we go. We're bringing it back because, uh, you know, Psycho Mantis, when, he, when you're in that fight, Metal Gear Solid 1, oh, you look like you've saved often. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really have a British accent. He's always got, you know, he's got the gas mask on or mm. whatever. But, Except when he yep. dies. Except when he dies. And he just has a really weird face. Yeah. Even for PS1 standard, that was a very strange face. So we've talked about habits. I do have uh, superstition, and that's bec- and and I'll explain. There's a little story with this one. Um, I am now on my third PS4. It's my first PS4 Pro, but I'm on my third PS4. My first two, um, they both did the same thing to me. And you would have thought that I would have learned my lesson after the first one, but it's me. I'm dumb. Uh, already covered it earlier um if there is a thunderstorm that is heading the direction of my house i will not leave my ps4 in rest mode ever again 
I have to turn it off because the two times that I left my PS4 in rest mode during a thunderstorm, the power went off and my complete system was just destroyed. I lost all my saves. I lost all my files. I lost everything of both of my old PS4s. So I have a crazy superstition of like, if it's raining, my PS4 needs to be off because I don't want to lose anything ever again. <laughs> Question. Sure. Do you have it plugged into the wall directly or do you have it plugged into a surge protector? It's plugged into the wall directly. Like I said, I am dumb. No, you're not. It's No, it's no, I, I really am. It. My, my parents did drugs. I was dropped on my head as a kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm dumb, so... <laughs> Well, welcome to welcome to the dumb podcast of these three dumb elder millennials, where we have learned. No, 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 things. you guys aren't dumb. It's just me. It's just me. I like how uh, John goes. No, it's plugged right into the wall, and me and Andrew just both silently pursed our yeah. lips and just pursed shook our, lips, shook shook our, our head. Heads. Like, yeah, you, yep. yeah. If if I could have taken a screen capture, they were like, "Oh shit, this guy is dumb." <laughs> <laughs> he's our nope. friend. We love him, but God bless, he's dumb. It's the same shit we've already handled. <laughs> yeah. If like if we were in North Carolina, they'd be saying something like, "Oh, bless his heart, <laughs> bless your soul." But yeah, we, me and Kevin, have both encountered that before in the past, and it's uh, it sucks, and it's an expensive lesson. Um, yeah. But even if you get like even a thirty dollar, even up to sixty dollar surge protector, it's it's definitely worth getting and using. Whether it's going to be for the TV or for the game console or whatever, just it's worth having. I don't even, even with the one I have, which my sister's boyfriend got for me, which super heavy, super expensive. I looked it up one time. It was like a hundred and ten dollars surge protector. Still Jesus. don't, still don't trust it. I'll, I'll thunderstorms in the vicinity. The newer consoles that are expensive are getting turned off. Like I'll, I'll watch TV, but I, I will not turn the. I don't like. I've been recording i've been editing a couple episodes and i'll i'll save it stop and turn the computer off because i don't want any of this stuff being ruined and, and if the power does happen to go out with my current ps4 i uh, i will turn it on and then i leave the room for five minutes because and the reason why i do that is because my old ps4s both of them would get stuck on 26 percent like loading and rebuilding the database and then would just stay there and would never move past 26 percent. so i'm like i never want to see the number 26 on my PS4 screen ever again. Because if I do, then, you know. Is that the sequel to uh, the movie number 23 with Jim Carrey? Yeah, God, that movie sucked. Yeah. Now it's going to be his uh, VGL jersey number. Yeah, pretty much. When we make it pro. Yeah. Well, if you if you take six, divide two, you get my favorite number, three. There you go. Sweet. Which is divisible into 26. Um, anyway, so these guys these guys don't these guys don't know what decimal points are. Yeah, Scrooge. How could you consult her? She doesn't listen <laughs> to the podcast. She doesn't listen to the podcast. I will be very clear about that, so that I'm not going to get get that back on me later. My wife does listen. Okay, can't cancel Andrew now. He's a misogynist. Misogynist. I'll, I'll edit that out. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. AKA, I'll make it into a TikTok and forward it to him. <laughs> uh, Andrew, Andrew, you were talking about something in the, uh, not the beginning, but you were talking about how when John asked you about Horizon and you wanted to play the game because 
you wanted to remember the story. That's one habit that I have that's very terrible, where much like you, I it takes me a while to finish a game if I'm not drived and focused to do it. So especially RPGs, especially when I was younger, because my sister had the PS1, so we would play like Final Fantasies and Chrono Cross and stuff like that. And if I didn't get to play it for a while, talking a couple weeks to a month, I would forget what the story was. Automatically had to reset the, the whole game. I don't care if I was 60 hours in, I'm resetting the game, starting from ground zero and just starting fresh because I felt like I had missed something. I don't remember the mechanics. I don't remember who I'm supposed to be fighting. So I, that's one thing. I've, I've kind of gotten out of, but I still do on occasion. I think it's mostly because I try and focus more on completing a game than setting it to the side. But I did it with Breath of the Wild. Uh, when Breath of the Wild came out, I didn't want to go through it so quickly. So I would space it out, and it got to the point where I, would, I gave it too much time, and I was like, fuck, I don't remember where the hell it's going. I don't remember which Korok seeds I got. So reset that one. If I go back and do Breath of the Wild again, because unfortunately I haven't beaten it, and I'm sorry, Cat, if you're going to hear this, like, <laughs> I know you love Breath of the Wild. I have not completed it yet, but if I was to go back and play it again, I'd probably want to start over. Like, I started over two or three different times with Skyrim after putting over 80 hours into it. And it's the same thing, like, with the original Final Fantasy VII. I played it until disc three and then played it uh more and then if i didn't beat it and i went back to it later i just restarted because i forget where i was i forget what i'm doing i don't remember where to go to next and a lot of the older games didn't have that recap where you could just go and have like a master roshi telling you oh this is where you need to go See, I'm a little bit different because I can go six months in between a game and I can remember just about 90% of like what I was doing, where I was going. For example, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I know the last thing that I did was I went to Don Corneo's place, Cloud was in the dress, we dropped through the thing on the floor, and I beat the sewer monster there, and then I saved right after that. That was the last thing that I did. I know why I was going there, and I remember that stuff. I have like this weird partially photographic memory kind of a thing where I can remember what I was doing, where I was at, that kind of a thing. I've never had a a problem taking like a long gap in between playing games. It's really, really weird. (laughs) Now, I might know why that is, John, and I don't think it's photographic memory. Maybe a little bit, but it's a lot easier to remember the storyline and stuff like that when you play the same four games over and over again. (laughs) <laughs> I remember exactly where I was in The Last of Us. <laughs> For the record, go look at my file. I've played more than four games. Six. <laughs> it was the setup for it was just too good. <laughs> I know. Like that that door was open and you just van damned that motherfucker. So um there we go. Now I'm I'm jealous that you can remember that stuff because I feel because when I restart the game, that's when I start getting the burnout. Yeah. I've already done this. Yeah. And I'm just trying to get to the same point. And then for some reason, I get to the same point and then I stop playing at the same freaking point. 
you get burned out again. Yeah, I'm like, at the same fuck. spot. Yeah, and then uh, it just goes and yeah. goes and goes. And for me, I've I've never had that issue. But again, like I'm not most gamers, so like, I, I, yeah. No, but that's awesome. I'm I'm jealous of that mm-hmm. because if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And if I haven't played it for months, then it's I don't remember. Yeah, I I almost feel, and, and it's interesting because I'm actually going through the show like five years later now. But I'm I'm working my way through the TV show Suits, um, which is really good. But like that guy always says like. He's got a photographic memory, right? I'm talking about the guy who plays Mike Ross, the main character. He's like, and once I see something, I understand it. Once I understand it, I remember it forever. And I don't know, something about that clicks with me when I see something in a video game. I can remember how a map's laid out. Like my wife calls me the human GPS. I can be in the backseat of a car, not necessarily paying attention to where I'm going, but you put me in the driver's seat and give me six months in between that trip i will get to that place without needing a gps i just i remember sometimes i remember street names sometimes i remember like things off the side of the road like i I don't know it's really weird i wish i could apply this to school because i would have done better instead of having like d's all the time but uh did i mention i'm stupid yet on this podcast so (laughs) i feel like there's a d's nuts joke somewhere in there (laughs) i was thinking double d's i was trying to think of how to incorporate that but Wow. <laughs> John's like, I'm failing school. I'm talking about memes. Andrew's over there like, press. <laughs> Bobus. And it's like that dog from uh, Up. Squirrel. But it's <laughs> yeah, like, squirrel. squirrel. Titties. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know if it's really a bad habit, but this is just one that I do when I'm playing RPG games. Like um, when I'm playing like the Dragon Age games or something like that where I'm picking a class. I guess this is kind of a two-part thing. When I'm picking a class, I normally pick something that would be like who I would be in real life. So I'm usually picking like the duelist, like thief, rogue class, like guy who's kind of can be better at one-on-one versus like say a mage or like a warrior that can take on everybody kind of a thing. Because I've I've probably mentioned this previously on the show. I'm like I'm five foot eight and I'm a hundred and pounds. Uh, I'm not a big dude, except for in my, in my gut right now. I put on a COVID-19. You can at me later. Um, so I I pick a character type that's kind of more around like who I am in real life. And then the decisions that I make usually in a game, I usually base them off of like who my character is, my personality is in real life. So that the character really becomes a representation of me. I'm, I'm usually not uh, a dick. You know, Kevin and I mentioned previously about Fallout 3. He let Megaton burn. He blew that shit up. Multiple times. That's what he, that's what he would do in real life. <laughs> Don't yes. give a shit about yes, Megaton. Dude, it's, a, it's, a ice, it's an eyesore, man. It's an eyesore, man. Get that out of here. No, but like typically, you know, if there's some sort of conversation wheel and there's like the, you know, the get angry or the like, you know, be gentle with this person and how you speak kind of a thing. I'm usually picking that. Or if there's like an option, like as a thief or something, usually you'd be like, okay, we'll just talk to this person later and I'll go lock pick the door anyway and get in, get the treasure or loot or whatever anyway. So that's, and that's another reason why I normally pick the rogue class. Cause you always get like some sort of lock picking thing, something like that. So how about you guys? No, I relate to that a lot. Because, like, there's usually that, that go-to class that I'll always have, like, starting up an RPG. And, like, with Skyrim, 
It doesn't matter what you want to try to start out as. If you want to try to do like a two-handed uh, melee weapon, you eventually just become uh, a stealthy bow. Yeah, you become an archer. Yes, and you just you, you slink through the night. Oh, I became a vampire. Oh, I became a werewolf. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to slink, slink through the night and uh, attack you with a bow. But, uh, I mean... Like, I watch anime as well, so anybody that's watched Sword Art Online and doesn't want to attack me because they think it's bad or good or whatever, uh, like, when I first watched that, I was like, oh, Kirito, like, he is awesome. Like, that single sword, dual sword, man, he's got dual swords? That would be awesome, you know? So, like, whenever I first started, like, working and working at ESO and doing that, uh, that online story for ESO... I did a, a dual sword, uh, dual dagger person. And I just, like, a lot of that I would continue with doing that kind of way. Either I do the the swords or the bow. But then just like how you were saying uh, of the topics, like, I struggle with wanting to go, like, every evil topic route. Yeah. Or... Like, you know, there are certain things it's like, well, this sounds more logical. I, I think this would be the better answer. This would have the better outcome or blah, blah, blah. And it's more of like, I put myself in the shoes of the MC and try to see how everything would turn out. And that brings me back around to Sony's trailers and KOTOR. The Knights of the Old Republic coming out again. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that too. That was such a fun game and yeah. Hold on, okay. hold on. I think I just Oh yeah, sorry. I uh, <sighs> yeah. Sorry. That that's kinda how I felt about that. Yeah. What about you, Kev? Uh I didn't come in my pants about Kotor, but I am excited. As far as the the story element. And you're not excited enough. Yeah. <laughs> Good I mean, thing were I'm you, like so excited you came early? Yeah, yeah, like, I don't even need a belt right now because my pants are so tight. Mm. As far like as... A priest. <laughs> as far as, like, the the evil route in video games uh, and how I set up my characters, I start the game trying to resemble me, but I always do multiple playthroughs of any kind of create-your-own character. Like Mass Effect, I went through... Both sides of it, uh, Skyrim went through both sides. Like you name it, I played it multiple times. So it always starts out where the guy's kind of a dick, but there are just some things in video games where even I'm like, mm, no, nah, I can't say that unless I'm going like, if in a future playthrough I'm like, I want to be as evil as I can. I'm saying everything. I'm not going to feel good about it, but I'm going to say it and see what happens. And usually, like the character's going to cry or something, and I feel so bad. <laughs> like I know they're just, I know they're just. It's, ones and zeros but it's like dang man like i didn't mean to make that person cry if there's if there's like a comedic option sometimes i will pick that too like especially i know i keep talking about dragon age but like uh the character of varic tethris who um is probably the most comedic character in that universe other than maybe zevran or something like that but um or dorian too dorian's pretty funny as a mage but um Picking the comedic response sometimes can be very, very funny. Um, and I try to be funny, but usually I'm, I'm not most times. But um, yeah, the comedic response or like 
the response that doesn't usually end in fighting, that's kind of what I will go with. Or you don't know if it's going to really be like a light or dark response. Like you just know that it's comedy and it depends on the other, the, the NPC and how they're going to react as to whether or not you're going to get like a, a good or bad response. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like that, that's something that I've, I've played RPGs ever since I was a kid. Like, and there's something that those are things that I just carried with me over the years. Like, you know, as I developed as a person, then I ended up realizing I started to mimic my characters as myself. And like Kevin said, whether or not it started out that way and continued that way, it depends on the game. But, I mean, there's a lot of habits that I picked up, like, growing up. And uh, one of them was that I got from my dad. If he's playing, he was playing a game and... If there's something that requires a person that's traveling on the game, moving, and he has to go around an obstacle, a mountain, a building, whatever it is, he'll lean in his chair to kind of turn for it to like, like maybe I can see around this flat TV screen any better if I move my head or if I lean a certain way and I mean it's, it's the same it's the same kind of like uh, superstition or habit as whenever you get serious playing a game and you're just like you, you mean you're relaxing in your chair but you get serious and you lean forward and then you have your elbows on your knees and you got the control in your hands and you're like alright now it's intense I'm leaning forward I'm ready yeah, I can't even to this day cannot play a ranked match laying down. Can't like yeah. you're you're relaxed on the sofa, got a pillow underneath your head, feet stretched out. If I'm playing ranked, nope. I'm like what we used to do is we would have the TV on the wall over at your guys' house when we played MGO and we would just stand in front of the TV. Like my wife was what was I playing? I was we had the beanbag chairs, but we never sat in them. No, why would we? <laughs> I think I think me and Andrew were playing something online, and I was like standing up playing. I think it might have been it was when we were playing Halo for a little bit, and I'm like standing in front of the TV. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like I'm trying to win over here. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to try my best to explain something that Andrew does when he's playing a game that has guns in it. Um, Andrew does this maneuver with the controller when he's going for a headshot where when he shoots, he immediately lifts up. <laughs> so he's like, he's got a guy in his scope, and then he hits the button, and he's like, boom! <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm anticipating recoil on my controller. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't, like, we can see each other, because that's how we're recording, but I know, sorry, audio listeners, but he, he if, if just imagine a controller in your hand, and then you immediately, like, hit the button, and then kind of jerk as if you're expecting... Up to your shoulder. Yeah, up to your shoulder, expecting a recoil. <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty fun. Like, we all... I, I definitely have a gamer face. Sometimes I'll have, like, my tongue in the side of my mouth, like... <laughs> like especially if I'm playing, like, baseball game, and I'm, uh, I got a pitcher that's, like, working on a no-hitter or something like that, I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna strike this guy out. Then I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, what pitch did I throw the last time I got him out or something like that. So, like, it's my thinking face. And I, I look so weird, like I got a candy or something in my mouth. So, John, when I was uh, your son Sammy's age... I would always lick my lips when I was like super concentrating playing NES. Mm. It got so bad that, you know, 
it was like crusty around like the outside. And my mom would always try to bring me chapstick. And when you're like six, seven years old, you think it's lipstick and you don't want lipstick. You're, you're a boy. Get that, get that away from me, mommy. And then it's like, you just had this like pain uh, around your lips from where it's like super dried out. But so you lick it more. It's the middle of summer. Why do you have chapped <laughs> lips? Yeah, Andrew goes to picture day at school and he goes to smile and it's just bleeding. <laughs> just being so dry. You can filter that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can fix red eye. Can you fix red lips? <laughs> Going back to, I guess we can do about shooting. Uh, one thing I got real bad with, and I still do it to this day, I think it started probably with Goldeneye, is if I shoot any kind of any amount of bullets in my gun, uh, I'm reloading instantly, and it yes. it causes a lot of death because you you get to a point, at least where I do, where you play games so much, you know how many shots it takes. You can like feel you're like, all right, it's been about two seconds. I've been holding down the trigger. I've heard a couple ticks of you know getting shot. They should be dead. I'm gonna reload. Well, it gets to the point where I would like get out of tune with that, or I just didn't think of, I hit him as much as I did. And I'm reloading, my man's still alive over there, ready to blow me up. And especially when, like, Call of Duty came out, I was a big late machine gun guy. Those things take five seconds to reload. I've got 99 bullets and a 100-round mag, and you damn right I'm reloading. And even worse is I would reload, and I would just get out of cover. <laughs> I'm like, that ah, didn't take that long. So I'm just walking through the middle of a minefield, reloading my light machine gun. Meanwhile, I'm getting lit up. From- bullets whizzing yeah. by you. Like- <laughs> I got no care in the world, man. I got 100 bullets. Eventually. No, I think that started when we were young, though, because we would play games and we would take turns for, like, one-player first-person shooters. And I'd have to re- remind you, like, hey, reload before you go into this room. Or, okay, you just did awesome in that firefight in, like, Rainbow Six, but make sure you reload before you go up against the, the last two guys. And I know I got into the bad habit of doing the exact same thing. I shot one bullet out of my magazine. I better reload before my next fight because that one bullet can be crucial. Yeah. But I think I do that more because if I don't acknowledge it now, I'll forget about it later. And instead of being one bullet out of my mag... I'll only have like six bullets left and then I go to engage in a fight and immediately die and then cuss and throw the controller. Like I I got pretty bad with that myself when I was still playing Call of Duty, but I definitely got better. Where I found myself doing that the most was when I had to switch to like the pistol. Like, and because some of those pistols only start with like eight or 10 or maybe 12 ammo. So if I, if I was at a spot where I was out of other ammo or something for my, my main gun, and I'd have to switch to the pistol. You damn right! I'm. I've uh, fired one shot. And I'm gonna reload because that's that's the difference between life and death, right there. Oh, well, absolutely. But I mean, uh, like Kevin mentioned with Call of Duty, it's that Call of Duty timing too. You could wander around the entire time with like half of your magazine left, and you're just waiting because you know somebody's around the corner, or you're like you're aiming down the sight at where you know there's somebody is, and they don't come out of cover. And you're waiting and you're waiting. All right. All right. I've waited enough. I'm going to reload so I'm ready. And as soon as you reload, as soon as you reload, that's when they come out of cover. And then you're already in the middle of reloading. You're defenseless and you die. 
I don't know if it's really a bad habit, but I know it's one that every gamer ever has is like when stuff's loading, you're just always hitting buttons. Like on PlayStation, I'm just always hitting X. Like, come on, let's load, let's load, let's load, let's load, let's load. Okay. Uh, oh shit, there's this FMV sequence. Okay, skip, 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 skip. You only need to hit it once to skip it, but you know, some. It, it's like when you're standing in an elevator lobby and you hit the down button 86 times. It's, it doesn't make it come any faster. You still gotta wait. <laughs> Except in Metal Gear Solid. If you hit the button twice, the elevator automatically comes. Mm. That's Fair a, point. That's a speedrun technique. If you're in the Metal Gear Solid 1 universe on PS1, you can do that. In real life, I don't think it works. No, I don't think so. No, but I get that, John, because like playing Genshin Impact, there are certain like cutscenes for boss battles that you can repeatedly do. And unless the cutscene is fully loaded in, you can't press and hold the button to skip. You have to like wait until that opportune moment so I'm like pressing it and holding it for a second to see if I actually see the indication in the corner of the screen. Uh, now I'll, I'll press it and wait again. Press it and wait again. Press it and wait again. Oh, okay, there it is. Okay, now I can skip it. Because the same thing. Like I just want to keep pressing, 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 try to skip the same cutscene that I've seen a million times. Um, for loading screens, the only thing I could really think of was in Skyrim. You guys remember that loading screen where it would have some character model pop up? Yeah. Yeah. And you could spin it or whatever. So I would always try and zoom in on everything. And I was always angry if the loading screen stopped before I could zoom all the way in, which is really like weird because you wanted to go back to the game. But I'm playing a mini game of zooming in on my character model. This is not anywhere specific. I just wanted to zoom in as far as I could. So that's my little loading screen quirk i wish more loading screens were kind of like metal gear especially in metal gear solid 3 where you can change the background color and <laughs> yeah. do some goofy shit that that's fun those are cool i also have a bad habit of especially in a game that has the double jump ability so on like playstation when you hit x to jump and then you hit x again and you get a just another random puff of air under you to jump again uh i will hit x incessantly (laughs) without ceasing man it's like i'm i'm going to hit that damn x button as many times as i need to so that this game knows hey i am trying to jump (laughs) a lot i know whenever games have a jump aspect i'll like hold down the jump button to try and jump like way higher yeah so I, i do that a lot um especially like even throwing grenades i'm like really got to chunk this one so i'm holding down the grenade throw button and it doesn't do anything i just you feel like it does because you're you're giving it a lot of force you're telling the game all right i need to either jump higher or like hit harder throw this grenade farther no it absolutely works (laughs) i don't i don't think it does no it it absolutely works because i mean you know the, the harder the harder you press down on the jump button you know the higher you go um when you're trying to travel around the world map, like uh, Ocarina of Time, you roll everywhere. You don't. You can't just walk. You don't have to worry. Like if you don't have your horse opponent, you just roll everywhere, and it just feels like it goes faster. And whether it does or not, it feels like it goes faster. I wonder if that's just like because when you're walking, all you're you're literally there's especially in Ocarina of Time, the open world. There's one or two enemies spaced out across that big open world 
so I wonder if it's just like your brain, like our brain, because I did the same thing, was just like, we got to do something, you know, holding, yeah. holding the left thumbstick up is boring. We got to, I mean, if you swing your sword, you're going to stop walking, so you might as well roll forward so you feel like you're doing something. Well, it might also be that extra animation, so it's not just, you know, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Left foot, left stop. Right foot, right left foot, stop. Left stop. <laughs> Hands on your knees. Just same with like you know pressing the button. Like the harder you press it, the the, the better you jump. Uh, also, like the better you attack. If you're in a fighting game, or if you're like doing something that has a melee attack, or if you're playing Mortal Kombat or anything like that, like you know the harder you press the button, the more serious your attack is, and the harder it hits and the more damage. Like you can't block this. I mashed A so hard. Yeah, I I, I can feel that. Do you guys ever yell at the game when you die and it's because you knew you hit a button, but the game didn't register it? So, Oh, yeah, dude, my, my favorite phrase is like, oh, well, that's nice because that's not what happened. Like, I hit that button. Like, like if, I, if I'm in like a, a time, like a, a sequence where it's like, okay, the game wants me to hit X and I hit X and then I hit square, then I hit square, then I hit triangle, but then I didn't get to circle fast enough or something. Be like, no, 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 damn it. I got to circle and I got to it quicker than you wanted me to because I'm lightning fast <laughs> or maybe I got to it a half second too late and then I'll die. Be like, yeah, that's not what happened. I got there. My finger's on it <laughs> all the time. Is that with a wireless controller or with a wired controller? Wireless. I don't, I don't play wired. I sit too far from the TV. Again, I'm stupid. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's stupid. Like, I don't. I I was against wireless for a long time. I, it might have been because of the shitty third party controllers that they came out with. I always wanted to play with the the stuff that it came with, the first party stuff. But I always felt like there was a lag, and there there probably wasn't. I've always felt like there's a little bit of a lag whenever you would play with a wireless controller. And I don't know if that was just me thinking being dumb and young. In Call of Duty, for sure, there there is definitely something to be said about wired versus wireless. Probably topic for another time, because I could just go on and on about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go on about it. No, um, no, I, I I did have something I, I did want to share. I I don't. So this is going to be kind of a, a deeper delve into kind of who I am as a gamer, especially in RPGs and that type of stuff. But any games that have skill unlocks. I and and you're actually able to see the tree, you know, whether it's broken down for rogues, warriors, whatever, or different styles of play. I have to find the one that ups my inventory level. Like if I start at base 75, I need to find that one that goes, okay, now you're at 100. Now you're at 125. Like, because I am collecting and looting every damn thing that I find. I don't care if I have the same sword 32 times and Witcher 3 or whatever, like <laughs> I'm going to collect everything and then I'm going to sell it and get a bunch of money and then go buy some more shit. That's just what I'm going to do. But especially when I'm playing like a Fallout game, there's nothing worse than going to like the Bethesda police station where you're fighting the super mutants and they're all carrying the miniguns, but they all carry, they're all weigh 12 pounds and your weight's only 90 and it's like, okay, I got five of them plus everything else I had already and you're overcumbered and you can't get to the damn metro station to fast travel. So it's like, yes, I am going to maximize how much space I have in my damn inventory. Kevin and I feel that in our bones yeah. playing Skyrim. Yes, yes, Skyrim's another one for yeah. sure. 
you can't visit but one dungeon, and then you got to go back to town. Because yes. if you explore yep. any farther, you're missing out on items that are important to loot. And, and to me, and I'm sure you guys, I need that shitty fucking weapon that sells for 12 gold and weighs 20 pounds because I need that 12 gold. Yeah. But it it's funny, though, because there are some games that just don't even care about it. Like, um, like I said, we're recording this in September, so I just loaded on PlayStation Plus. Hitman 2 was on there. So I just downloaded that, and I was playing that very first mission. There is no less than like 30 things that you can pick up within that first house that is then added onto your inventory. But like, it's like, I have a wrench, I have rat poison, I have a screwdriver, I have um, this can of beans, I have a lockpick, I have my gun, and then you eventually get into the safe house where it's like, I have this shotgun, I have this rifle, I have these grenades. It's like, where does all of this go? <laughs> it's like I have this in your, in your two pockets. Yeah, in my two pockets. I'm wearing I'm wearing a wetsuit because I was on a boat. You know, it's like where does all this go? <laughs> you know, there are some games that just they don't care about it. When I play Assassin's Creed Origins, you know, it's another game where it's like they don't care how much is in your inventory. I have 17 shields, but it's not taking up any space. I can just, <laughs> I can go sell them later at a market or something and get some money, or I can um, disassemble them and get gold or silver or whatever, like something that I need to make something later on. So now question, when, when you're doing all this looting, um, do you, when you come across a chest or you come across a whole bunch of stuff or you're given a whole bunch of stuff all at once, Yeah. do you, individually select everything like claim grab 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 or do you just do like collect all no yeah i hit triangle for take all yeah i'm not doing every single individual one what whatever's there i take it i don't care and like it's funny when you play a game like witcher 3 or something like that because it'll be like sword shield meat (laughs) or beer or something it's it's something stupid or it'll be like the head of what are the goofy little animals called? I don't remember what they're what they are. Um, the like zombie guys. I don't remember, but it'll be like one of their heads or something like that. So no, I I take all, take it all, man. <laughs> I can I can't do take all because eventually, uh, I will be over encumbered. Yeah, I'm like okay, I can't if I do this. I don't fast travel. So I'm going to be walking real slow to wherever I need to go, and that's going to really piss me off. So then towards the end of the cave, I start getting selective on what I'm going to get. So then I have to go through, and I'm like, do I really need, you know, this this sword? Scroll of protection. Yeah, the scroll of protection. sure. So I'll start, I'll, when I first start out, it's like, yeah, give me everything. And then eventually I'm like, well, I got to dump this shield because it weighs too much and it's not worth a lot, but I... Yeah, I'm the same way too. Like, I'm not going to be that way throughout the entire game. Once you kind of know what has value, you know, like especially like in a in a RPG when it's like your metals and then like it'll almost always be like bronze and then steel and then iron ingot and then gold or whatever. You know, it's once you realize and you've unlocked kind of the late game stuff and you can find places to farm that more expensive metal. Then yeah, I, I don't care about the iron or whatever at that point. Like. I'll just go farm the more important stuff. All right, but you get all this important stuff and you get these special items that are really supposed to help you or that they're very rare to find. You get elixirs or like this mega elixir or you get 
like something that'll like boost your stats. You get some like attack up or strength up or something like that. Do you save them? Do you save them for a time that's you're know, specific for later? Like if you have multiple players in your party and you're not sure which one you're going to use them, or if it's just you, do you save them? Do you sell them? Do you use them at all? I so there's kind of like two different answers to that for me. So if I have the game guide and it tells me what to do or what they're going to be used for, then I will save them, right? No, but almost always I'm going to save them. But if if I'm playing like a Fallout game, something like that, or I'm playing Outrider, somewhere where I have like a home base and it gives me the option to have like a chest or a locker or something there, I will almost immediately dump it in that. And then so I know that it, the game will save it and be like, okay, hey, here's this item that I can't equip, but this guy can, or something like that. So I'm not going to sell it, but I'll save it. And then once I get that character back in my party or something like that, then yeah, I'll just be like, go to the home base or wherever my house or whatever is, go to my locker or whatever, get that, equip it to that guy or something like that. So that's that's normally what I would do with something like that. I remember the first time, you know, because Kevin, you were, you know, mentioning it, playing Final Fantasy X. The first time you get level one key spheres, you're like, what the hell is this for? Like, you're not, if you're playing the game the way that they want you to, you're probably not grinding on the island of Besaid or in Kilika Forest. Maybe Kilika Forest if you want to, that Lord Ochu fight to be a little easier, right? But you get level one key spheres early on in that game and you have no idea what the hell they're for. But you eventually can use them to get Kamari over into Riku's grid and get steel early on. That's what I use them for. But again, you don't use that until like 12 hours into the game and you get them pretty early on. So there are times where it's like you get this item, you don't know what the hell it's for. At that point, I, n- I almost never sell unless I've already played the game before and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can use it on this character. Or, you know, if, if I get rid of it now, it gives me gold that I can then use to purchase something else that's better at this stage of the game, something like that. But I'm almost always going to save it. What about you, Kev? I have a problem with I don't I don't sell basically any item, mostly because I like hitting that like ninety nine level cap or item <laughs> yeah. cap. But there's one thing I I don't do with items is with like rare items or not even rare items, just stuff that you don't see that frequently. I don't use them ever. Uh, one game that because uh, I'll go into games blind. And try and figure it out. So one game I did that with was Dark Souls. And you guys haven't played Dark Souls, right? I, I played the first one. I didn't get very far because I suck at games. Because I die a lot. It's a very hard game. Um, it gets easier. It's basically just memorization of the enemies. But there's uh, these souls you can get. And there's like uncommon souls, random soldier souls. And you can use them. And they have a bunch of souls in them that you can use to level up. So when I was playing through the first time, I came across this item called Firekeeper Soul. And I was like, ooh, and I used it. Well, what the Firekeeper Soul does is allow you to upgrade your flask, which heals you. And when you upgrade it, it heals more of your health. And once you use the item, if you just use it in your hand and you crush it and you get you get a bunch of souls, it's like 10,000 souls or something. You can level up with it, but there's only like three or four per playthrough, and you can upgrade this thing ten times. So as soon as you use it, it's gone for that playthrough, and you can't upgrade your S flask. And finding that out, 
I was so angry because it makes the game so much harder. So I try not to utilize any weapons ever, or not weapons, items ever, because I'm like, well, what if, what if I can use this item for like in Final Fantasy X, where you can craft stuff onto your armor or your weapons? It's like I can use this dark matter in the fight, but what happens if I later on I can make a really cool weapon with the dark matter? So then I just never it just sits in my inventory forever. Andrew, what about what about you? No, I I save them. I I I save them. Like I if I if I have special or rare items, I hold on to them because I don't know when I may need them, or I don't know if I'm going to get a a character later in my party that will need that to be able to be of adequate fighting strength to then be able to level up. Or if I want to make somebody like incredibly overpowered later, and then I just save it and then just use it all on them, I I save them. So like I'll 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 get a hefty amount of them that just finish the game with me, and I <laughs> I I just never use them. Or if I ever get like regular items, or if I need to restock on regular items, I, I have an OCD complex about that, and. I have to make a purchase of items that will make my inventory divisible by five. What if it hits 99? Do you not hit 99? Or is 99 acceptable enough? It's acceptable enough because it's the max. But, I mean, it's it's almost like the same with uh, audio on the TV or audio on the radio. You know, divisible by five. That's got to be terrible when you have to tune to radio stations because aren't they like point, aren't they odds? Like ninety three five. Radio stations are a different thing. It's, it's more of just you know the volume. And just like I need to listen to ninety three point four. Damn it! Uh, I I started getting into that same habit as divisible by five while playing Horizon. That was kind of the one game because you can bring up the you hit L one you bring up the wheel to start you know in game time you can like resupply your arrows and stuff like that. But it'll tell you like okay you use the the wood and this thing and it'll make five things but i only need three so it's like okay well then i know i can fire off two more arrows then i'll craft them because then i'll get five otherwise those two sets of resources are wasted so i kind of got into the habit of checking that wheel and knowing how many bombs or whatever i needed um divisible by five sometimes it's three uh depending on what item you have equipped but yeah speaking of uh arrows did you guys in skyrim because, you know, they have different tiers of arrows. I don't know about you guys, but, like, when I first started out, because you always go to the bow and arrow, maybe not, like, interested, maybe not in the beginning, but you're going to be doing a stealth archer. Uh, you start out with, like, the normal wooden arrows, and they're a dime a dozen. Then you start getting the upgraded arrows. Um, so then you would, like, I know I would use the regular arrows because I didn't want to use the, the other arrows that were more powerful because I didn't have a bunch. But then I would start finding an even better arrow. And then the ones that are like in the mid, I would uh, start using because I had a bunch of those. So I'm getting to the end of the game and I have like a little bit of the really, really like the primo arrows, but I won't use them because I'm afraid I won't find any more. So I'm using like the you step have elven down. Elven arrows, dwarven arrows, glass arrows, iron. 
Can you imagine how much easier the games we play would be if we just used these freaking items? Like, if you're in Final Fantasy... But you see, it didn't matter with arrows, because arrows didn't add to an inventory weight. So we could collect them, and it wouldn't matter. We we don't get over-encumbered by having too many arrows. That is the one thing that is funny to me, where ammo doesn't ever count against inventory (laughs) on, like, almost any game. But, like, yeah. I, I have 17 guns, they all mean something, but the ammo for said guns means absolutely nothing when it comes to your weight. <laughs> that reminds me when Fallout 76 came out and how much it was hated. And I remember the one thing it was hated for was the inventory, because for some reason they got rid of the weight of items. Everything just counted as one, so you could hold 40 items. Well, yeah. A big thing, and John, since you play the thief character, a big thing in these games were the lockpicks. Yeah. Guess how much a lockpick carried in your in your bag? If you only you only have forty, so it's probably one, right? Yep. One lockpick was one inventory. So Jeez. you can imagine how easily did they break though? That's dumb. One, you, yeah. I mean, just like the original game, you would use them, and eventually, even if you were really good, like they would break. Snap. So, you can imagine how angry. Could you imagine, John, if you could only carry like 10 lockpicks? Jeez, dude. I, I, man, I, I'd make sure I'd have like the best freaking stilettos or knives or something like to use. And, and John's just, running around with a high heel shoe. I'm talking about the. No. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's good. Yep. Um,. Dude, I, I can't even imagine, dude. That's that's nuts. I don't know. If it was that way in, say, Fallout, man. Because you can have, like, the multiple Pip-Boys or whatever. Imagine if a Pip-Boy costs that much oh in my. weight or something. I would be so like, angry. Or like, the stim packs, dude. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. If, if, if a single stim pack was, you know, counted against one against your total weight, holy crap, man. That'd just be nuts. That was one thing that I did terribly in Fallout games was because you know had you had all the the drugs in the game yeah. that gave you boost and stuff. Yeah, you had the medicines, the pills, never all that shit, never used them, yeah. not once. <laughs> and yeah. that, the, that the X raid and the uh, you know because I would shit. see yeah. I would see the boost, but yeah, I would go I would see the boost that it would give you, but my mind always was like, but that negative. Yeah. I'm going to lose two perception, but I'm going to gain five million strength. Yeah. I need to see, though, bro. Like <laughs> These glasses, man, they're not helping. <laughs> what about in RPGs, since we all love and cherish them, um, especially the Creatrion characters? I love skill trees. Um, I don't really like level caps, and that's kind of like I want to make the most powerful character I can. And that's where I really hate skill trees with level caps is because I am so paranoid I'm going to choose the wrong I'm going to spend the perk on the wrong thing as few and far between as you like as much energy as it took to make you like receive that like bonus to be able to do the next thing to earn that next like boost what if I choose the wrong branch yeah. Borderlands was a Borderlands was a huge one for me. I I hate the ones where you only see the ones that you've unlocked, and so you have to kind of pick a destination, pick pick a a tree, 
and then just continue down it and see what you unlock. Like if, if they're not known ahead of time, God, that's a pain in the ass. But Kev, as you just played Final Fantasy X, I mean, the sphere grid, dude, way ahead of its time. You got to see what you were going to unlock and when, how many levels until you got haste or hostega or, you know, whatever. Um, now, I do have one. I do have one bone to pick with the sphere grid. And this is another probably like ADD thing where almost every battle you are going to level up. So after every battle, menu, sphere grid, move one space, gain plus one strength, go to the next character, move one space. Oh, there's nothing there to do. Go to the next. Like so much of my time in that game was just menu, battle, menu, sphere grid, battle, menu, sphere grid. Like, I kind of wish they, and this isn't just to talk about Final Fantasy X, but uh, I kind of wish they just, you they went to the original level up, but once you leveled up, you got X amount of points to move in the sphere grid. I feel like that might have been uh, maybe a better way to do it in my eyes. It was really, I love the sphere grid and the way you can just make your own character. So it was so weird to do that with a Final Fantasy game. Like moving multiple positions, I'm just thinking like some sort of, of uh, Mario Party meets Skyrim <laughs> or uh, meets Final Fantasy. So then after you beat your battle, you finally level up and then you like your character jumps up, hits a block. Oh, three spaces. I can move three spaces in this tree. This skill tree now. How do you, so going back to um, like habits or anything, I, I can say one that I have been tapping into a lot playing Ghost of Tsushima. I, I mentioned previously, like really the only knock that I have on this game is sometimes the fog of war just takes like so damn long, even with the special attire you have to kind of help unlock it. Um, even... I find myself like going and doing like story missions or side missions or the Mongol territories. And when you, when you do some of those, it'll locally open up part of the fog of war around that specific spot. And then you'll get to see little things around the map, whether it's the Fox dens or uh, the camps or something like that. There will be times where I have like an entire section of the map already known to me. And there'll be like one little cloud of the fog of war. And I'll be like, damn it, I've got to get on my horse, i got to go down there, and inevitably, there's nothing. <laughs> but it is so satisfying to know that, that little tiny one-by-one, one <laughs> like, th- that fog of war is completed. Granted, to, to get the, the achievements for completing the map, you just have to do all the missions. You don't actually have to unlock the fog, so to speak. You just have to complete everything. But there's something about knowing... Yeah, I traverse every inch of this damn island. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, Ori and the Will of Wisps, uh, that game yeah. is great. But that freaking map completion, you could you could have the entire map visible and somehow the game would be like, nope, 99.6. And it wouldn't, you could you could pull up the map and you couldn't figure out where that 0.4% was, but it, was, it might have been because your character didn't go that too many pixels to the left so you got to go back and you're just jumping around trying to figure out the map completion oh man it's irritating that that is one of the things that has stopped me from pursuing the platinum for jedi fallen order because i'll go on there i'll see bagano and i've finished everything on there but i see 99.6 or like you said and it's like damn it i missed 
a single thing that BD-1 was supposed to scan, but it doesn't show up anywhere. I've completed all the missions. I've gotten the, the lightsaber. I've got, you know, I've done all the stuff there. I've gotten all the boxes. Everything says uh, like that I've completed everything. I found all the secrets, but there was one little like scan that I missed. And I'm like, damn it, man. It's like I had to traverse the whole damn planet just to find one thing to scan <laughs> like jesus that man. was in an obvious spot that you like saw when you first played but because you didn't have the right abilities then you couldn't reach it yeah so stuff stuff like like if we're going on like back to a previous episode gaming as it stands today that would be something that i would like to see changed where it's not necessarily you get a hundred percent because of everything was scanned but because all the the quest side quests were found and done and completed. Boom. That's a hundred percent of that map. Done. No, I agree. Like I like to do the uh I like to push the borders. Push the borders, push the boundaries. You know, I'll go along the edge of the map just to until it either like I hit that invisible wall or it kicks me out and like pushes me back in to the map. Because I went beyond the borders. And I like to get rid of that whole fog of war. Like, I, I like to clear up the entire map. And, like, I did that a lot with Skyrim. I do that with Genshin Impact. Like, it was, I want to have that map available to me before I do everything inside that map area. Girl, I'm terrible with Skyrim on that. Because I want to visit every cave. So, when I'm walking back to town... If I see a cave, but I can't go into it yet because I'm over encumbered again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mark it on my map because if I mark it on the map, I'm gonna think I've already went there. So I have to remember to go back and go back to that cave, and of course, go into that cave and freaking find some uh, giant's uh, tent or whatever. So I gotta bypass that. That's ah, the worst, man. No, but anytime like in Skyrim or any other games, if I'm trying to leave a cave or leave an area i can't just leave it if there's uh if there's a gap if there's a um a couple rock ledges if there's a ladder i have to jump first i have to jump first that's my bad habit like if there's a ladder i can't stop start at the bottom rung i have to jump halfway up it and then continue to climb it like, if there's a, a gap, even if there's, like, no, I don't know, emptiness, nothingness below the gap between the landings, even if it's just, you know, a step down, I have to jump it. I can't just, like, you know, walk the character over the ledge and then have them land on the next level and then run. I have to jump it every time. That's I have a bad habit of that. I have a crazy superstition that's uh, more or less... Uh, Crowley, if you're listening, you'll probably like this. So, uh, I mentioned previously about playing MLB the show. Um, if my player, because I, I usually play a lot of Road to the Show, which is where you create a player and he gets drafted, goes to the minors, and then eventually will play on a on a major league team. So, I usually make multiple pitchers, multiple batters. So, if my player character is on the verge of doing something like historic, like if I'm a pitcher and I'm about to throw a perfect game or a no hitter, I'm standing while playing during the ninth inning because I'm like so, 
laser focused. Like, all right, I'm about to make history here. I don't care if I've done it before or whatever. Like, I'm always going to do it. Or if, if I know my character is about to hit for the cycle, right? I, I've hit a home run. I've hit a triple. I've hit a double. Now I just, you know, I need to hit a single. I'm, I'm going to stand. <laughs> just because it's like, I need to be as laser focused on, on this thing as possible. It sounds stupid, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really do it for like, uh, NBA 2K because you know I'll, I'll just play that or and Madden I'm I'm almost always just playing casually anyway so um, but yeah for baseball I, I get I get into it it's my favorite sport so hey nothing wrong with that man I mean like I said earlier stand up and play the multiplayer games just because we're so into it yeah I know another thing that I do too if I find a glitch in a game like if I die a certain way or I fall off a certain edge I will hopefully have saved somewhere close to that and if i have then i'll try to recreate that as many times as possible and see if like the if i if, oh can i fall off this edge again or if i trip this thing do i fall into this blank space or whatever like i've found glitches like that before and then when i go back to them it's like oh did you guys just fix this in the 30 seconds i was gone or that was a completely random thing like i actually it, was talking about Uncharted 4 earlier when I first played that game back in 2016 there was a spot in the Scotland level where um, I threw a grenade it hit off a rock and then it bounced back and I I blew up but my guy got in Nathan Drake got impaled on a separate tree and rock and then I tried to recreate that <laughs> and it never happened again let's <laughs> see how perfect you have to throw that grenade I know dude I was like oh man and then of course it always ends you know it ends with Sam like Nate <laughs> or whatever but um yeah never recreated that one john, uh andrew i know we played pokemon john did you play pokemon growing up uh no you didn't play the devil monsters i i did not i was playing magic the gathering that's fair uh i know playing pokemon growing up I, i'm sure anyone who played pokemon knows probably did the same exact thing but when you throw the pokeball the, the creature would go into the ball and it would rock back and forth and three times. three times. And if you got on the third one, you, you got it. The Pokemon's yours. And that was the longest few seconds of your entire life trying to catch a Pokemon. So I would always uh, hold down and B on my Game Boy because I knew in my heart of hearts that that was going to increase the odds of the, ca- of the uh, Pokeball capturing and if it didn't capture when I did that, it's because I didn't press it at the right time. Or I didn't press it hard enough. <laughs> or enough times. So Andrew, did you did you do that at all? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, there was only, you know, A button, B button. The, the A button was the, like, the affirmative. That was the agreeing action. The B button was the, like, sometimes the cancel, but sometimes the, like, if you hit it enough. You, you got to hit it enough because that's what's going to, you know, create that moment, that energy to capture the Pokemon. It, it was it was weird, but I absolutely did that, too. I don't remember if I ever, like, heard anything about it or heard the superstition. I think it was just like I did it instinctively and probably wore down the buttons like far sooner than they should. That's have why it didn't. That's why it didn't work. Because the buttons got worn down, and it couldn't register that you were doing it. That's that's we figured it out. We just got to keep our consoles up to date and fresh. I mean, we we hit a lot of topics. 
Yes, sir. We, there's a lot of things that we've been a part of, that we've participated in, that we've heard about. And I'm sure that there's more that we'll even think of another time. It's funny, like, we came up with some that were personal to us, but a, like a lot of these were like, we all were like, yeah, that totally did that. I, I don't, I, I'm interested if anyone knows like why these kind of things, like we do these kinds of things, or if, if you guys do these kinds of things, just, you know, go ahead and tweet at us. Uh, it's, it's very interesting that we had, I think we each listed like 10 or so different things we did. And at least one of us were going, yep, not totally. Yeah. So yeah, talk to us. Let us let us know like your superstitions or habits, good or bad, that you like to do while gaming. Uh, like it's, uh, Kevin said, VGL underscore podcast. You can also email us at vglpodcast at yahoo dot com. You can also psychoanalyze us. I will lay down on a couch, and you can try to tell me what my dreams mean. Mm. Dude, free yeah. therapy? You kidding me? That's a gold mine, twenty twenty one. Ooh, nice. I mean. No, please. We want to hear your input. Yes. Speaking of input, I would like to take this time to actually do a little mini shout out to two listeners, if I can. Um, one guy, the first guy I'll, I'll, I'll mention over on Twitter, Meyermind, also known as Chuck. Uh, he is like an OG listener. Thanks for uh, interacting with me and Kevin over on uh, Twitter. That's awesome. Appreciate you, dude. What's up, Chuck? What's up, Chuck? Um, Lucky. Like, I I texted you uh, on Twitter that I hope to actually sit in on one of your streams soon once things with the baby kind of get back to normal. Um, And secondly, too, as part of our Discord, and you can join our Discord as well, creativebraincandy.com slash Discord. Great community. Want to just hang out with some people and laugh. But um, Starlord07. Thank you, because you, you posted that, I don't know if you guys saw it, he was actually listening to the audiobook version of um, Halo Reach, uh, or like whatever that was. So um, thanks for that, dude. It's cool to just, you know, have interaction with people who are listening to the show. Um, so if you want to get a shout out at the end of the episode, talk to us. Let us know how we're doing, um, that kind of stuff. So Definitely uh, Meyer Minds. Twitch is a lot of fun. My man loves Doom. So nice. Yeah. He used to do a lot of, uh, what's it called? Like people would create mods for the Doom and he would play that. He freaking, that's his, that's his series, man. He, he crushes it. I don't know how he does it. I'm terrible at Doom. That's one game I was always shit at. And he just goes around blowing demons up. So it's really cool to watch that. And he just really love how he interacts with the audience. Makes me want to, like be a better streamer whenever I watch him and see how well he does. So that's one kind of game that I I can't play. Like I just like it's a, it looks like a good game. It looks like, you know, it hits all the right points for people's interests and whatnot. It's just it's not my style. It's the uh like Doom, Wolfenstein, even like whatever you got Duke Nukem at an early age, Kev. Like, it just, that, it wasn't really my style. I'm ready to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of gum. <laughs> and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you to those two guys for reaching out to us and, and everything. Um, so reach out to us and 
If you guys have questions or anything, like not even regarding this topic, if you guys have topic ideas or things you just want to know about us, whether it is involving video games or anything like that, uh, yeah, get in contact with us. So, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. No, absolutely. Thank you for listening on all the platforms, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Don't forget to check us out at creativebraincandy.com. Um, check out all the other awesome podcasts that are available as well. And uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. Thank you again for listening and uh, see you next time. Take it easy. Catch you guys on the next one. See you. Goodbye. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Video Game Lounge Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew, a.k.a. Chaz, and I am here with John, the Deep Throat. No. Uh. Ha! How do you like it? I'm just making it fun. <laughs> <laughs> Suck on seen, that! Have you seen where guys are out golfing together and they're trying to get the, like, the other person to stop like from their backswing? And then they just keep making comments about them, like, oh, yeah. No, my my entire uh, library of viewing pleasure is not TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> then you're missing out, sir. <laughs> Might need some uh, extra sunscreen for that burn. <laughs> it's it's second degree because I share it with him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, you know I'm at work, right? And you're like, I'll just watch him later. And I got to back all of like six TikToks. <laughs> Six? That's all? You should see how many Emily has. God. Your wife's probably ignored your text messages. She Blocked gets this oh, number. She hates them so much. She gets a text of a TikTok, and instead of Andrew saying, I love you, it's a fucking TikTok of someone saying, I love you. How does your partner know that you so love much them? better? <laughs> Not even fucking him saying it. Just some random shlomo on TikTok. <laughs>